everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Welcome back everyone. Hello everybody, welcome back to the podcast and Evie, let's get going with a dilemma. Hey girls, I'm currently on a gap year pre-uni. The plan was to do horses full-time and prepare for a fun event season. However, I have always had this urge to travel and think about it every day. What do you think I should do? I feel torn because I want to do both. Okay, so my first thought and my first initial thought upon reading this was that you've already decided. Yeah. I think the fact that you are asking for our advice is because you want it to feel okay and it is completely okay to go traveling whilst you've got horses. I mean, looking at it logistically, there's quite a few things that you'd probably have to overcome or deal with or sort. But I mean, I think most people have that anyway, don't they? Yeah, and I think if you're eventing, at least you have an off season. So you could always do both as in travel during your off season. So like the winter and then come back maybe a month before the event season kickstarts to sort of, sort of get yourself back in the saddle type thing. Yeah. Like if it was me, I might do that if I was really torn. Yeah. Because at least that way you can do both. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you can do both kind of whatever. I would say the only thing, the only problem with doing both is like the finance aspect of it. Yeah. Because you've got to think, you know, if you're traveling, you're going to be spending a lot of money. And especially if like you're not doing your horse, you've got to think what additional outgoing am I going to be spending on the horse while I can't be doing it myself like is it at home is it on livery is it going to go on training livery is it going to go on grass livery like you've got to think that through depends how many horses you have as well if you've just got one then it's a lot easier because you could just think I'll turn them away for a month they can have a month holiday or something and then pay for someone potentially to bring them back into work or yeah yeah you can do that yeah But if you've got like three horses, then it's like that cost would be astronomical. You've also got to think how long do you want to go traveling or like where do you want to go traveling? When people go traveling, they like they're gone forever, aren't they? Depends where you go. I mean, if you want to go interrailing, then you're you're gone for months where you're going from place to place. Like if if you want to go around like Asia or somewhere like that. Yeah, I know a few people who have sold their horses in order to go traveling. Yeah. So they have like more to fund it. Well, we know some people that are literally have gone for the whole off season and then are coming back precisely to event again. But then presumably they've got the finances to afford to have two of their horses somewhere else whilst they're doing that. Yeah. Whereas we don't know this person in this dilemma whether that's an option for them. Yeah. Or if you have them at home, that's probably a lot easier. If you've got like a supportive family, that would be like, oh, yeah, you can go traveling for like a couple of months and we'll look after the horses here. Yeah, I'd say the support is definitely needed. But I think you need to not feel guilty about it because I know I feel guilty if I'm not with the horses. So if I was to be like, oh, I really want to leave for however long, I I would feel so guilty about it. But I think as well, though, if you don't follow your dream of going traveling you'll feel just as guilty about that because horses you can kind of always come back to. I feel like traveling, especially in your 20s, is such like a in your 20s experience. Yeah, and also at least with horse riding as a sport, it's not age dependent. So it's not like if you're a sprinter or a netballer, it's not as though you're sort of trying to chase your age as in in like five years time, I'm going to have to retire because my body physically can't do it. Yeah, You can ride till like whatever age. Yeah. 
Yeah. So at least you haven't got that time pressure. And then in saying that with regards to travelling, it is probably better to do it when you're younger because you haven't got as many ties as in like marriage, family, like all those sort of things. (laughs) Yeah, it it would be a very different experience going travelling now than when you're like, you know, more middle-aged. Yeah, I think it would be harder the older you get to travel. Yeah, it'd probably probably be like bougier because you'd be able to afford it, but, you know, it wouldn't be the same. No. And if that's that particular experience is what you're looking for which is like the you know 20s like living in hostels and meeting people and everything like that then you need to follow it you need to go and do it yeah I would I would personally try and go traveling during your off season try and work that out see if you can do it and then come back yeah like I said a month before the event season starts get your footing and then enjoy the event season as well because at least that way you're not just choosing one over the other no, no, it's because like also, best of both worlds. Yeah, if you just go travelling for a full year, you then might be in, you know, whatever country during the event and in the during the event season, seeing it all on social media and thinking, oh, I wish I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. Do, would you ever go travelling? I don't see how it would be feasible for me to ever go travelling. Do you have like any type of like wanderlust though? Yeah. Do you? Mm. If I didn't have horses, I would be all over the shop, I think. Do you think? Yeah. Wow. I'd be coming back, like, to see family, to touch base. Yeah. I wouldn't be, like, gone for years and, like, never coming back. But, yeah, I would go quite a few places. Do you feel then, like, the horses are, like, you know, holding you back? No, not really. I feel like horses, I find more grounding. Yeah. As in, like, if I didn't have horses, I I feel as though I probably would have a few years of just working random jobs to then be all over the place. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whereas, not that there's anything wrong with that, whereas for me, horses perhaps are a bit more grounding as in it gives me sort of a sense of purpose and direction. Not saying that obviously travelling isn't direction, but you know what You're just I'm... going in every direction. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I'd like to. I think it's important to travel, but it's difficult when you have horses because they are such a commitment. Yeah. I mean, I, I once took three weeks off to go to California. That was my travelling itch scratched. But again, that was only You're three like, weeks. I'm done. <laughs> also, I went to a dressage ranch, so it wasn't like I was... Did you actually... go travelling? No. I can't see you. No, I can't see no, it. No, I could... Mm, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think so. you'd enjoy it. I think you I enjoy, enjoy like, it, a holiday or something, but I don't think you'd enjoy, like, travelling. I think I'd enjoy Australia and New Zealand, but I wouldn't want to, like, travel around them. But you sort of have to, because they're so far away. You no. can't just, like, nip to Australia and come back. No, my type of travelling would be when I'm, like, middle-aged with more money, so it'd be more bougie. Yeah. I'm not a hostels type of girl. Travelling is quite, like, scruffy, actually, isn't it? It's quite, like... Yeah. I don't want to live out of a backpack. I can't do it. I think I'd quite enjoy it. Saying that, though, I live out of a horse box sometimes, (laughs) don't we? Yeah. I suppose it's not that different. You do travel with horses, to be fair. Yeah. It's just a bit different. You're not, like... I travel to Boston, Lincolnshire with horses. (laughs) (laughs) It's very exotic, aren't (laughs) Okay, moving on to dilemma two. Basically, I've had my horse since he was three and now he's six. During the start, when he was three to four, he was good and hacked really well in company. But then I started my A-levels and I'm in my second year and I've noticed a massive drop in his behaviour over the past few months. I can only ride him now, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, whereas I used to ride him almost every day, brackets hacking or schooling. We can't hack alone anymore because he bucks and tries to bolt home. And even when we hack in company, in open fields he does the same thing tries to put his head down to eat grass bucks then tries to bolt home 
phone. I've been recommended to use daisy reins so he doesn't put his head down to buck or eat the grass. I looked this up, but they look quite harsh. Do you have any advice as to what to do? Okay, firstly, I'm really sorry that um, that's happening because your horse trying to eat grass, bark and bolt home, is n- just, that just doesn't sound like a fun experience whatsoever. It's quite a rogue thing as well for a horse to do. It's more like a pony behaviour. Yes. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know many horses that sort of try desperately to eat grass. It's like a naughty little vindictive pony yeah, move, isn't it? It's not like yeah. a horse thing. It's quite no, interesting. No. My first point of call would be you need to get the horse checked by the vet because it's a very odd behaviour thing to do. It is an odd behaviour, like we just said, especially from a horse. Yeah. I tend to agree with you, actually. I think going for daisy reins, I have seen those before used in riding schools when I was a child. Again, for ponies to stop them trying to eat grass. Yeah, so for context, daisy reins, or they're also known as grass reins, is a rein that is attached from the front of the saddle to like the top of the horse's head and it prevents them from putting their head down. And I mean, it can work with ponies. Like when you've got like round roly-poly ponies that like put their head down and the the toddler just will roll down their neck. You know, there's a purpose for them, but I've never known them. I mean, we had to Google what they were. I've never seen them on horses. I've had them used on a pony that I've ridden before at the riding school when I was like six but that is the only time I've seen them and I've never seen them used on horses before so I agree with you in that I think using daisy reins is potentially just gonna mask an underlying problem that's there and I would say the horse's age is like another indicator for that because horses can be very well behaved at you know three to four and then naughty until they're seven because there's something that's not quite right yeah because they don't really stop growing for quite a few years i mean isn't it even when they're age six like they're still their growth plates to haven't finished until they're like seven or eight yeah so you could argue that actually during that growth process something might have occurred that you don't even know about yeah so reflecting back on three to four isn't necessarily gonna help you in that the horse might have developed differently from then and now there might be an issue there and i just feel like daisy reins might just hide that if not exacerbate the issue because then the horse might feel trapped still have that discomfort but feel trapped from the daisy rein and then actually like a even worse accident could happen potentially yeah because if the horse has an underlying issue trying to stop it isn't gonna happen it's just gonna keep make it worse no so my advice would be avoid taking the horse out hacking. <laughs> like we said in the last last episode, it's all about hacking. I would say avoid doing that because if you know that the outcome is going to be the same, the horse is going to put its head down, buck and then try and bolt. Just n- don't do that, essentially. Don't take the horse there because that's the outcome that you know is going to happen. So work the horse in the school, lunge the horse more. I mean, even what we just said in the last one, le- hand walk the horse there and see if he does it still. And do lots of different things. If you are able to, if there's someone in the area who is able to ride your horse for you to see if they can get the horse through it, I mean, you could try doing that but I think as well one thing that came into my mind is that the horse might be really fresh because if you're saying that you know you used to sort of work this horse lightly every day and now it's dropped down to four days a week then the horse might just be feeling a bit fresh but then in saying that there's literally nothing in the grass at the moment and that's why I find the behavior even more bizarre because it's odd that the horse is seeking out grass because there really isn't much of it like we're in January it's not like there's lush green spring grass No. I would also say, though, you just saying that they used to ride the horse every day. 
from three to four to five are horses that that age shouldn't be ridden every day no agree so potentially then you do need to be looking more at like you know changing the work schedule yeah yeah and getting the horse thoroughly checked out by a very good vet as well yeah if it was me if finances are an issue I would first go to a physio yeah get a physio to look over their back and feel over their back because they might say oh you know the horse is really sore or just I'm thinking because of the bucking mention okay and then if the physio sort of couldn't really find anything then I'd go to vet yeah and explain what was going on I would also say teeth I mean it could be that the horse is snatching the bit away and down so it it's coming across as if he's trying to get the grass. But he's actually trying to like evade. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then possibly you like pull his head up because that would kind of be your natural response, which could hit a spot and then he yeah. freaks out and then he's he, like, that really hurts. And then he's and like, ah, explodes yeah. and then tries to get away from the pain. Yeah, that's a good idea. And yeah, and then I would sort of maybe have a look at your routine with him and see if you can change that. Cause Spice like, it up. Like we were saying, almost riding a horse every day at that age isn't technically correct. No, I mean, I wouldn't say it's ideal. We don't know what like your like, setup is or anything, yeah, but that to us sounds like too much. And so I would almost think maybe the horse has gone a bit stale and is acting out because sometimes yeah. I think a lot of young horses do that and I think people are so quick to just be like oh they're having a temper tantrum or they're throwing their toys out the pram you know they're being a baby they're just going through a phase like terrible yeah, I, don't, I don't like that and I'm a bit like I don't necessarily think that's always the case <sighs> Don't get me wrong, I think some young horses do push the boundaries and they do go through their little stroppy phases. But I think people being so quick to jump to that conclusion isn't necessarily always correct because they are young and I think sometimes they can go stale and their version of going stale or being in discomfort due to whatever reason is acting out in the school because they don't know how else to communicate it. Yeah. I mean, that's like horses over. They, they can't verbally talk to us. So no. they exhibit it through behaviours, but I think people are quite quick to just be like, oh, you know, they're just being naughty. Yeah, I'll start calling them bad names. Yeah. Which is an ick. So yeah, I definitely think before Daisy Reigns or whatever they are, check it out thoroughly first. Yeah, because you, you might end up in a bad a bad spot. And I mean, I would say it's similar to like using something like draw reins, unless you really know how to use them correctly. Like they will just be detrimental to you and your horse. Yeah, and just maybe even just give them a bit of a break, like a week off. Yeah. Lightly introduce them back into work and see whether... And kind of think if you as a rider keep doing the same thing and the horse keeps giving you the same outcome then you've got to think of something different because oh yeah absolutely I mean I even had that with one of the young horses I've ridden in the past they started being a bit evasive in the contact in the school and they never used to be and I was thinking okay like what's going on here and then I sort of thought well I think they've grown again and maybe they're getting a bit bored so then I just did like two weeks of hacking like something completely different to what I was previously doing then went back in the school and it was like a completely different horse so I think sometimes you do really just need to actually listen to what they're trying to tell you yeah and adapt accordingly yeah but yeah good luck with it let us know what you do yeah please be in contact with us and if anyone's ever used daisy reins like let us know cause... i when i read the message i thought wow i haven't heard of daisy reins since i it, it, it took me like <laughs> down a trip down memory lane Did it? we're now actually gonna google what daisy chains are because we're both very confused 
Do daisy reins work? When used correctly, daisy reins provide a gentle and consistent pressure on the horse's mouth, encouraging them to keep their head up and in a more balanced position. On their mouth? How, how would it be on their mouth? I don't know. There are some pictures where it's attached to the top of the bridle by the pole, and then there are other pictures where it's clipped onto the bit, so it almost goes to the side of the neck onto the bit. From, like, where your hands are to the bit? Well, no, it's still on the pommel of the saddle, but it's to yeah. the side of their neck onto the bit. Oh. Which, I mean, this is just Google, so it might be completely wrong. God, there's a lot of contraptions you can use, actually, isn't there? <laughs> How do you stop a pony from bucking? If your horse does buck, sit deep in the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen, like, those, um, Thanks, those like, Google. wiki hows of, like, um, how to pick out a horse's foot and it's, like, a hind hind leg and it's just like bent at a 90 degree angle <laughs> and it's like, like oh yes that's how you do it thanks google thank you sit, for that. sit deep into the saddle <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about different contraptions like draw reins side reins like pursuers pursuers baffle me yeah i don't i don't understand that i remember once i was working these horses for these people whilst they were away and they had a Pessoa and I just looked at it on the ground and I thought there's no way I'm putting that on because it's just so complicated. It really confuses me and every time I see one I'm like that just looks like a pair of tights has got holes in it. I don't know how else to explain it. It's a bit too much going on for me. Yeah personally. I don't really I think know what it's for either. It's got a purpose. Has it? Well it must do. I think it is to make sure that they're stretching over their back and using their body properly. And it just looks like a bunch of string to me. Yeah, it does. But I just thought there's no way I'm going to figure out how that's going <laughs> no, to go. How am I going to put that on that? <laughs> I'll stick to like side reins with a roller. Yeah, okay, so... Or, yeah. A, or a German rope. Yeah, we're, we're a big fan of the German rope here, which I know a lot of people like really are anti it yeah but some people are really anti it they say that it okay for context a german rope is a rope that goes from one bit between the front legs over the wither then through the next front leg to the bit some people are like oh my god it puts so much pressure on the top of the wither but it's literally a rope and, and also it's very it's, loose it's so slack it's so loose yeah i mean it's not loose enough that like they could get their leg over it but they're very loose. I mean, I, I may, maybe it pe other people use them in different ways, but I've never once had a horse that has been, like, sore over the wither from using them. No, I think with regards to contraptions and different tools and horses, it's the same as with anything else in that if used correctly, they have a purpose and they can be really effective for training. But a lot of people, unfortunately, don't use them effectively and if not actually abuse the well, tool. that's just the world over, isn't it? That's what I mean, but it doesn't mean that you should just veto the whole instrument altogether. Yeah, it has got a purpose. That like that person rope. is using it incorrectly. Yeah. So some people might put German rope on and have it on far too tight and force their horse's head down. But that's not what you should do no. with a German rope. So it should be that the horse is gently encouraged to like loosely put their head down and stretch over the back without the weight of a rider on them. Yeah, and it's the same with things like spurs, for instance. Like some people are really anti-spurs. Yeah. But where I learn to ride it was very much you are not allowed to wear spurs unless you reach a certain level of skill like you right. need to be able to sit properly use your legs properly be balanced like you wouldn't put spurs on like a complete beginner because they would just money it'd be ridiculous but 
one could argue with like Spurs, for instance, that provided you're skilled enough to use them, they're actually arguably maybe kinder in that it's a more precise, subtle well, aid. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to write an essay, you wouldn't use your fist to hit the keys. <laughs> Would you? So if you're trying to ride like an advanced dressage test, having a spur, which is a much smaller... No, but that's how that's how it's been described to me before. That's so funny, though. But it is, isn't it? Because imagine it's you, like... like, punching your laptop. <laughs> I'm looking at my laptop right now. I mean, it's like the back of your heel is, is quite a big area. Yeah, exactly. And also, if your horse is really lazy or not off your leg or something, then if you don't have spurs on, unknowingly, you're just going to be like you know using your heel way too much whereas if you've got a spur it's like a little it's like a poke isn't it like a little tap on the shoulder rather than like a a pat with your full palm but that's the same argument with double bridles like some people are so anti-double bridles as well but I think I literally the hill that I will die on is that a double bridle in the right hand is 10,000 times better than a snaffle in a strong hand. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Because the thing is, in a snaffle bridle, so a snaffle bridle is one bit and a double bridle is two bits. But with a snaffle, when you've only got the one bit, I mean, you can pull to your life's content and the horse isn't going to do anything. Whereas in a double bridle, you can move your fingers and get the same reaction as you would to yanking your arm back. So, I mean, I mean, there are some horses that go just as soft in a snaffle as they do in a double, but there are a lot that aren't. Yeah, you just choose what works best for your horse. Yeah. I, I ride Terry in a double, but to be perfectly honest with you, I could go through the whole PSG test in a snaffle. But would you have been able to train him that far? No, I don't that? think so. But also no. for me, like a double bridle adds another gear. It, yeah, it adds does. like a level of refinement. So I'm not going around the arena constantly lo- using the curb. No, no. But it's there as a refined aid that if I need it, I can just tweak a little bit and it's easier. Something that does slightly annoy me is when people put online, especially is when they're like, oh, look at this horse that's doing Piaf and Canter Pirouettes and flying changes and the rider is just, it's just got a rope around its neck and they're bareback with no spurs and no hat. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But that horse wasn't trained like that. The horse was trained with a bit and bridle and a saddle and spurs and it's been trained for years and years to get there. You don't just like put a rope around a horse's neck and like abracadabra it can do everything magically. Yeah and I think with things like Liberty for instance which I think Liberty can be so beautiful and like so emotional and when you go to shows like Olympia or Your Horse Live like it's so amazing to watch like the craftsmanship behind it and the skill but you know if they're doing different movements yes they're similar to dressage but they wouldn't be marked well in a dressage circuit because that's not technically correct with regards to dressage as a separate discipline because sometimes people are like oh well like you know that Liberty horse is doing PF you know and they haven't got reins or bit or a double or whatever it is and it's like yeah but that liberty horse is like moving forward every single stride or like its legs are completely uneven in the yeah you know it's like judges in dressage terms would pick that apart i'm not picking it apart but i mean as in it depends on who's watching it's it's very discipline specific you can't compare liberty to dressage it's that word you shouldn't compare because they're two entirely different things it's not the same as like being like oh yeah the shetland grand national like they don't really have like (laughs) breastplates on and they're jumping and then the 160 show jumpers they all have breastplates on and like martingales like they're not doing it right because the the shetland and it's just like you know what you just don't compare it's It's not the same thing stick to your feet (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. That was a bit of a tangent, but... No, going back though, I do think that contraptions within horses do often have their uses and their purpose, but provided they're used correctly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still laughing. <laughs> like me just hitting my keyboard. I wasn't expecting you to my... go down with that analogy. <laughs> I'd never heard of that analogy before. It's good though, isn't it? Yeah. No, it makes sense, but it just made me laugh like the mental image. <laughs> Moving completely away from horses, are you watching The Traitors? Yes, one of The Traitors was on Radio 1 this morning. Were they? Which one? Paul. Paul! Oh, Paul. And Greg James was like, oh no, this is such a spoiler for so many people if they haven't. Because obviously it means that he's not in the show. Spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler, sorry. It is literally like the best reality TV like game show, I think, ever. I enjoy it. I just want to say though, we've been dipping in and out of it. Right. So I'm a bit behind. Are you? Yeah. But one thing I would say is, A, I find it a bit weird that they sort of like romanticise like betraying and like deceiving people. Like it's almost like sort of celebrated. That's not really very different to Love Island though, is it? But I don't really like Love Island. Do you? No, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean though? And also they really go to town with they like... They like pit themselves against each other. But it's almost like... They celebrate the traitors. Like, the traitors are like, like, oh, yeah, I lied to that person and it was really funny. And it's yeah. like, that's really morally wrong. <laughs> I know it's a show. <laughs> I know it's a show and it's meant to be fun and, like, a game, but I'm still, like, the principle of it is a bit questionable. And also, I think the theatrics with regards to, like, death and everything is quite bizarre. I know, like, the woman who They got them all to, like, put in a coffin. get into a coffin and it's they, like, followed morbid. a hearse. And I was like, this is really, like, probably quite I triggering know. for a lot of people. The first season, I was like, wait, so they actually die? And then I was like, no, 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 that they BBC shut the door be doing She that. was in a coffin. Like, I, I know, couldn't believe it. what I was watching. <laughs> it is good, though. Although, I just find the theatrics a bit cringe as well. Do you? I, no, I love it. And I'm also like, get on with it. So we often just miss the whole, you know, when they do a game like they do like an Uh, activity see I think maybe it's because you're not fully invested in it enough (laughs) you've got to watch from beginning to end we just tune in no we've done that we've watched beginning to end a few times but now we just tune in for the round table because we're like we want to get straight into like the drama the sit down like because we find that funny we don't the the game bit's like boring we're just like I know but it's like the random like one-liners that they just like throw in there yeah every now and then but I'm just like you what I actually wanted to sign up for the traitors and I got really quite far in the process but you had to be you had you had to be free for two weeks at the end of summer and I was like oh I've got the nationals so I couldn't do it I was actually really upset because I thought oh my god I'd be really good on it but actually I'm not very good at lying and deceiving so I wouldn't be a good traitor and also I'd be really frightened as a faithful that someone was going to kill me so maybe I wouldn't be very good on it I do think it's really fun having like a really good show to be like really into, especially in the winter when you come in and like all you want to do is just like stay inside and be warm. Radio One, they have all of the traitors, people from the traitors, not just the traitors, (laughs) coming on every morning of the show this week. They're doing the quiz. Yeah, they do a morning quiz when I drive in to the yard and they've got the cast from the traitors this see week. i never listen to the radio because i just listen to this podcast on repeat no i listen to the radio every day i love listening to the radio okay well you're not a big fan <laughs> like i'm a big fan <laughs> no if you're listening to radio four you'd be an old man no i have that as well do you actually god i put radio four on when i wake up catch up on the current affairs <laughs> 
put my alarm off okay. and I turn on FM and it puts on Radio 4. I've done it. I've set my whole alarm clock to do it. Oh, my God. That's terrible. All right, then, guys. On that note, we're signing off. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of That's Lame and we will see you next time. Love you. Bye. bye.